0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get busy. It's that time. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Dial pound 3636. He's our friend Adrian Batra back with us, the editor in chief of the Toronto Sun. How's Adrian?
1: It's a great day for talk radio, John.
0: Thank you, Adrian. Alyssa Freeman, PR and pop culture media expert. How do, how do?
1: I do fine. Thank you for asking, John.
0: All right. And Rocco Rossi, the CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce and former CEO of Prostate Cancer Canada. It's Movember, where's the stash?
2: I am putting the move in Movember, so I'm doing a workout every day for the 30 days. This is a, a an option for those who are follically challenged, such as myself. Oh, I see. You didn't want to
0: look one of those Frito Bandito mustaches with the curly thing at the end. You didn't want to do that. Huh? I like to
3: say out-of-work porn star is how often men, the oh, really? men look during Movember.
0: Is that where your mind went? Yeah,
3: it's exactly where my mind went. And oh, you know what? I think some of your listeners did, too. I second okay. that
1: emotion, Adrian. Melissa's oh, oh, wow. <laughs> with me. That's it. I'm good.
0: You are. Yeah, she's got your back. Uh, fair enough. All right. Well, listen, let me ask you this then, right off the hop, because uh, I just had this report that Justin Trudeau is looking to shape a new cabinet with increased focus on the green economy and climate change. That's going to be the overarching uh, priority, I guess, in the uh, the cabinet, which will include 50% men, 50% women. By the way, uh, what do you make of that? The gender breakout uh, is going to be a 50-50 split. I mean, is that advisable in this day and age or necessary to do?
3: Well, I just think that you always want the best person in the job, regardless if it's a man or a woman. Um, We've seen, actually, over the course of his first term in office, that having a 50-50 split has not necessarily worked out, because inevitably there is going to be some sort of controversy, there's going to be some sort of issue within a department or an agency, and a cabinet minister has to go. So you're just going to constantly be bringing up, you know, what would be the, you know, the C-D-E-F-G line to come forward and, and be responsible for potentially billions of dollars of taxpayers money um so it's it's problematic but you know this is a woke government you know he's the so-called faux feminist and all that stuff uh but with respect to what they're going to be focusing on in terms of um the new cabinet you know what the hell is Catherine mckenna been screeching about then for the last few years i, I mean i'm not sure how this is new information and talk to me about how the west is going to feel about that well
0: that's why i'm wondering i mean if they're going to prioritize green energy and climate change uh yeah
3: where does that leave
0: the West right now? They're in a white rage, aren't they?
3: Well, they very much are. And um, as all of you know, I'm from out West, and I've been out there the past, uh, twice in the last uh, month or so seeing my parents in Saskatoon. And, I mean, these are not partisan people. These are just good people that, you know, they want to live their lives. They work hard. They're entrepreneurs. They are angry and they refer to us as the Eastern bastards and we've heard that term before you know you guys sort of did it to us again and now we're straddle you know saddled with this liberal government who's not going to do anything with respect to um, developing our natural resources but most notably in my home province it has to do with the uh, trade with China. And with the trade with China is 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 stalled right now. And in part, it's because of our issue with Huawei. We've got the executive being held in, in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So there's also sort of these sorts of things. So I would only submit this. If you are a government that has a very fractured country right now, your first priority should not necessarily be focusing on that. It should be bringing our country
0: back to national unity all right by the way uh justin trudeau did make the announcement earlier today on twitter that beef and pork shipments will continue now to china they've been sort of on ice for the last four months but not canola Canola's big in saskatchewan that's huge. so again uh that's and a it's run.
2: actually worth more to canadian farmers than the beef and pork um uh, exports so, so it's a uh, big number
0: rocco what do you make of the fact that uh you know here you've got the prime minister yeah. i mean First and foremost, does he still have the cred? You talked about him as a fake, uh, the faux feminist there, Adrian. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to play this 50-50 split card and continue the virtue signaling. <laughs> Don't people see through this? Or does that still carry some some weight that uh, he wants to
2: do it along gender lines? He's going to break out his cabinet 50-50. Look, a- actions still matter going forward. In the, um, in the wonderful words of uh, my sainted grandmother, Antonia, uh, every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. So there are opportunities to redeem oneself, uh, always through uh, through actions. Let the actions speak uh, for themselves. I, I'm with Adrian on the notion that I'm not a huge believer in in quotas. For all we know, it probably underrepresents the the quality women uh, in that uh, in that caucus. Many would argue that the single best performer of the last government was Christian Freeland. So um you know 50-50 maybe a maybe a disservice at the end of the day let's get the let's get the best people in terms of 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 unity bottom line is he still only has a minority government it's a very strong minority government but it is a minority government and and the reality is all of the parties aside from the conservative party had some elements of uh, climate change and and uh needs to do work on that front so as as just an existential uh issue for the government to stay in power and to keep that voting coalition together they're going to have to do some things on that front that's just that's well, a right, basic but reality
0: going to be, uh, the stated priority the overriding priority versus national unity by the way Christian freeland uh there's some talk in the pipeline that she would be named as intergovernmental affairs uh being from Alberta originally, so yeah. I guess she'd play that card. What she's got be- some Western cred. Uh, for, yeah, she's from They'll the West. Her alive the, the, the Western part of uh, Rosedale, uh, I guess is where she. Okay. Here's Jack.
1: Jack. <laughs> I was wondering about that actually. But yeah. Yes.
0: Jack's email. He says, uh, "So the Trudeau Liberals are focusing on climate change and green energy. Isn't that what McGinty and Wynn focused on so successfully for the 15 years past?"
1: I think we have to remember a couple of things about Justin Trudeau. Number one, there is a little bit of a Teflon aura around him because when you think about everything that was thrown at him and all those crises that happened during the federal uh, the election, they just bounced right off. Everybody thought that oh, this is this is certainly blackface will certainly bring him down. No, it did not. Everybody thought SNC Lavalin will bring him down. No, it did not. So the the other thing too is is that he and his team always fall back on what used to work, and that was uh, when he did his cabinet first when he had uh, quite a few women in that cabinet. They said, well, why so many? And his answer was, well, it's 2015. And boy, oh boy, did that get a lot of play. So he knows that that will continue to work in his favor. There's not much downside in that narrative. So, of course, he is going to uh, fall back on that. Except for
3: there's one thing. Mm. There's one thing that has pierced every aspect of his so-called feminist bona fides. And that is Jody wilson Rabel, the former attorney general whom he fired. She's now sitting in that house as an independent. So it's a constant reminder of his lack of ability to live up to his virtue singling, signaling as a yeah, feminist.
1: Yeah, but you know what? I just, I don't think that that many, there are some people who care about that, but
3: not enough. But there's the aspect of having minority government is all those things that did happen with S, with respect to SNC. The liberals do not have a majority on these on these House committees anymore, right. so Can't they don't have a chance to shut them down. Well, it's
0: interesting because uh, you talk about uh, people being sort of reborn or rehabilitated politically uh... when i had the mayor on yesterday and he's talking up doug ford as a national unifier i thought well there's an interesting change i mean they're buddy buddy now on the transit file here locally and so on and doug ford is uh... i guess the one who's trying to initiate some kind of a premier's conference in this city they're talking about toronto hosting it before the end of the year couple of questions. I mean, do you see Doug in that unifier role, Adrian? And by the way, uh, should the prime minister be invited to attend such a conference if it takes place in Toronto?
3: Well, I think that the prime minister should always be afforded the and extended the opportunity to be part of it. But, you know, it's, it's actually very much in keeping with what has happened historically in this country that at the at this, perhaps the lower levels of government that are closer to the people that are closer to um, hearing what's truly going on and not so so um, not to the central government. Um, that they are uh, in a position to be uh, a unifying force. We've we've seen over the course of the last first uh, the last four years of so the first term of the Trudeau government that the um, the Confederation is fractured. There's no question about that. Uh, but I wouldn't want to see provincial politicians, provincial premiers, who are wanting to do the the right thing by this country, actually take advantage of that for the sake of uh, national projects to take. To take place, that ultimately the feds are going to have to be responsible for.
2: I I was at the uh, transit announcement uh, yesterday, and uh, when when the premier was asked this question, he was asked, you know, is it appropriate? or even right for you to do it since you don't really speak french and and i thought he gave the absolute best answer which is national unity is everyone's job uh and we all have to do uh our part because we are blessed to live uh in the world's greatest country and we're the only ones causing our own problems so we need to work it together and then Mayor Tory came in with the uh, with uh, the nice comment that you uh, that you raised John and added that Ontario has always played this kind of role in national unity because being... being the largest part of the Canadian economy we both benefit the most and are in a position to help the most uh and and are the people within Canada who most often identify themselves first as Canadians and second as ontarians so it's not an unusual role it's a great role for him it's 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 all part of the the reboot of of the government and I think it's genuinely held feeling by the premier
0: well yeah what Doug was saying effectively is as Ontario goes so goes the country and as the country right exactly and so to that point i'm just wondering if you know in a way he's positioning himself as uh, taking the high road now it's up to justin trudeau to respond and he can actually get uh attract more flies with honey than he would with, and so he's playing that card. Seems strategically
1: brilliant to you, doesn't it, Alyssa? You took the word right out of my mouth. (laughs) I had to wait for Adrian, I had to wait for Rocco, and I was going to say, well, it's strategically brilliant. And it is. You know, he has had a total reset. Very, very quiet, obviously, save for two announcements during the federal uh, campaign and the election, and now he's come out. And the other thing that uh, we talked about here was, it's a different landscape in this province than before. So, you know, Toronto went all liberal there was the, there's the 905 and 416 divide. And so he had Not
2: to... really much of a divide because the 905 went heavily liberal as well.
1: True. And I think that what he had to see was what does this province look like now? What how do I have to Alter my image or alter how I, uh, people perceive me now that there's a, it's a totally different uh, landscape. And I think that this is strategically brilliant. Not to come out as the bully, not to come out as, you know, we got to cut taxes, we have to do this and that, but to come out as, as a statesman as somebody who was talking about unification. And it's playing really, really well right now. I mean, there are going to be your 20% of naysayers going, oh, well, he has other political camp, uh, ambitions. And so what if he does? But at this point right here, right now, this was a strategically brilliant uh, thing to do. And it it's very typical Ford, though. In what right? sense?
3: In the, in the sense that Doug, the premier, feels you know the pain of the West. Mm-hmm. And the West is feeling pain. He's had a great relationship with Jason Kenney. He's had a very good relationship with Scott Mo, since he became since um, Premier Ford took office in 2018. He knows these guys. He likes these guys. And it's it's typical of the Ford in the sense that they are always wanting to fight for the underdog. And they want to give a voice to those that have felt beleaguered and belittled and, and left out. So it's very in keeping with the, his brand of who he is. And you know, it's it's probably a rare thing for any of us to even use these terms when we talk about any Ford. Statesman, right thing to do, smart, like it, it's... So I think if if Premier Ford were to continue down this road, he'll have a lot of success. He'll have a lot of premiers um, on board with him. And maybe that will will actually help repair some of this damage. But we need the feds at the table. That's so important. But, you know, and
0: this is what I was alluding to with uh, Alyssa, that Doug Ford was vilified by Justin Trudeau. And if Justin Trudeau wants to make amends and see himself as a statesman and rise above partisan politics and all the rest, mm-hmm. I think he's got to come to Doug Ford now. Uh, he's the one who was using him as a convenient whipping post during the election. Ford's taken the, Ford has taken the high road, and to my mind, in some ways, uh, he can be the torchbearer or the banner carrier for the conservative brand across the country as well. It has broader implications in Ontario because he hasn't abandoned it. He's not mealy-mouthed. He's hardcore. He's facing what now is, you know, this turbulence with the unions and the naysayers, as you call them, Melissa.
1: Well, that's why it's so strategically brilliant. So you have Trudeau, who is absolutely damning Doug Ford, uh, you know, left, right and centre. So here he is taking this. And Mostly listen... left. But... Well, there we go. <laughs> left, left, left and left. So he's taken all this criticism and had to be very quiet and really hunker down about it. And then you think, well, how how... how do I leverage this? I have now just been given free uh, exposure. And some people say that, you know, any PR is good PR. I don't necessarily always believe that. But he's managed to flip the narrative into his favor. So if he is going to be the conduit to these other guys who really have no time for Trudeau, this really puts him in the catbird seat.